Equality of educational opportunity has long been a stated goal of education in this province. The polka dot door, the polka dot door, let's peep through the polka dot door. Good evening ladies and gentlemen and welcome once again to Saturday Night at the Movies. My name is Elwi Yost. Today's special, shout it loud and clear, today's special. Okay, so picture this. It's 1981. You're at home on a Saturday night and you're looking for something to watch. Of course, this is long before the days of streaming services. It's back when appointment television was still a thing. You sit down with a big bowl of popcorn, turn on TVO, and listen to this. We're back in the studio with, as I said, my, my third funny man of all time, and I mean that, John Candy of SCTV. John? Oh, good to see you again. Oh, it's an honor to have you here. Yeah. That's Elwi Yost, longtime host of Saturday Night at the Movies, speaking to John Candy, who's introducing his film, It Came from Hollywood. For almost four decades, Saturday Night at the Movies was appointment television. Each week, Ontarians would settle in to view great movies and fascinating interviews, not just with huge stars, but also with members of the film crew, such as cinematographers and editors who don't normally get the spotlight. Today, on TVO at 50, we speak to a woman who was integral to those interviews, and we dig into what went on behind the scenes of TVO's most iconic show and host. All built in, uh, oh, I see. Oh, there it is. Oh, I can see you. I... This is a revelation now, eh? Oh, my God, it's so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> what? You know, they, they, they've actually got... Uh, they, they... <laughs> what? What? Come on. What have they you got? Do, you, you do know that people don't use manual typewriters anymore, eh? No. <laughs> you know, do you know, one time I was typing on a manual typewriter somewhere and somebody came in and said, what is that noise? But my grandmother, may she rest in peace, used to say, you need to take typing because there's always something to fall back on. You know what? I, I heard the same thing, actually. And I learned how to type in grade eight. And I'm a pretty good typist because of I grade am, eight. Well, I took it in grade nine. And I'm a very good typist. Now, can yeah. I just check? Is this the voice of my former camp counselor from uh, about 55 years ago? Absolutely. It is the <laughs> voice. I thought I recognized that voice. <laughs> oh, it's so scary, isn't it? I've known you for a very long time. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? God bless us both. I suppose I should actually formally introduce you here, and we should talk about why we have hooked you up here anyway. Okay. We're talking to Risa Schumann, who back in the day was the executive producer of one of the most iconic shows in TVO history. It was a little thing called Saturday Night at the Movies. Hi, Risa. Hi, Stevie. Now, tell me something. Did, did Elwi actually create Saturday Night at the Movies? He did. He actually created it. What a lot of people do take credit one day when I was just this student, I got into the elevator and there was Elios. And I went, oh my God, it's Elios. Now, how did I know him? He had a cinema show on the CBC after school called Passport to Adventure in the 60s. I think it was 65 and 66. Now, I would rush home from school. It was essentially what became Magic Shadows. It was, they serialized a movie over only four days. It was all 
boys own kind of it was called passport to adventure so it was adventure and westerns and science fiction and war movies and but no romance at all hmm. but it was american movies basically and here was this guy you know telling you something about the movie and it was fantastic anyway there he was and here he was in corporate nobody to talk to about movies and you know I'm not going to underestimate my charm and my adorableness as a very young <laughs> student. But Cinephile. I was, and I was like, oh my God. So he'd say, we have to have coffee. And that's how it started. No and kidding. So that's how you two got together. And did he ask for you to join him on Saturday night at the movies? Well, let's, let's then go to the creation. A package of films came into the building, which were documentaries, and stuck in these documentaries, because who cared about it, were three Ingmar Bergman films. And the general manager at the time was a guy named Jim Hanley. And oh, Jim yeah. Hanley was He was there young. at the opening of uh, City TV. Well, he was with us. And Jim Hanley had been a teacher in Thunder Bay, and that's where he knew Ran Eyed from. And as a teacher in Thunder Bay, he had used movies in his classroom. Elwee had also been a teacher at Burnham Thorpe Collegiate and had used movies in his classroom. Plus, he had been a, a television personality from the CBC, not only Passport, but he did a show called Flashback, which was the the opposite of front page challenge. So front page challenge, they had to guess what was going on now. Flashback was the same idea, but the past. Gotcha. And whenever and whenever there was like, uh, uh, I remember Tom Mix came one time and of course Elwee was like- Famous hysterical. cowboy. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so he was a personality and the two of them, you know, Elwee, somewhere I have the document that he wrote justifying Saturday Night at the Movies. But basically, Saturday Night at the Movies was, the idea was, how do we put feature movies, feature films on an educational channel? So, how, so we will then take this movie and look at it in an educational way. Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome, welcome once again to Saturday Night at the Movies. My name is Elwi Oost. I cannot tell you how delightful it is for me to be here as host and writer of this program after what is almost a, I hesitate to say it, a generation. Well, tell me about that, Risa, because was there, I mean, I, I understand the argument that can be made. I can also understand people who were maybe a little more narrowly pedagogically looking at it saying, is that consistent? Does that make sense? How much pushback did you have? A lot. I'll tell you what it was. Um, the first, when we started with, so the first three films were these three Ingmar Bergman films. Everybody thinks Saturday Night Movies was just old Hollywood movies, but it wasn't. It actually started with three Ingmar Bergman films. And the very first film was called Through a Glass Dark. In Through a Glass Darkly, Ingmar Bergman has explored the deepest and most personal recesses of the human heart. 
to create a masterpiece in the art of filmmaking. Ellery recognized that these films were very spiritual. So he took all three films and to three different religious congregations, one Catholic, one Protestant, one Jewish. And he showed the film on 16 millimeter to the congregants. And then he, they taped, they filmed, it was on 16 millimeter. They filmed the discussion. And that was the start. And then they then sort of said, well, let's try to see if we can do a pilot. So they extended it from March to June, the end of June, 1974, with some American films. And one of the films in particular, again, going back to how I got the job, because I was still up in research and development, but I was meeting with him and hearing all about it. He put on King Kong. And oh, his favorite, his absolute favorite. He loved that picture. Absolutely. And in those days, you know, back in the dark ages, films used to come in on 16 millimeter and get transferred, but it was just being done by an operator. So the film went out and it was missing an entire sequence because we were getting the films, they used to call them, it was on the bicycle. You know, a distributor sent it to somewhere in London and somewhere here, Hamilton, and they would physically cut the film to put in the, the um, commercial breaks. Hmm. And sometimes they take things out and they forget to put it back in. Oh my and goodness. Prints used to come, they were such a mess. I can't, I can't tell you. Anyway, this was missing a whole sequence. I'm sure I know for a fact that Elwee was apoplectic watching it at home. <laughs> And on Monday morning, I wrote him an interdepartmental memo saying, what happened to the elevated train sequence at King Kong, in King Kong? So this would have been in late May. I can still picture him coming up to my little cubicle and saying to me, when does your contract end here? And I said, actually, it ends June 30th. And he said, July 1st, how would you like to come and work on Saturday night at the movies, watch all the films and do the research? Would you like that job? Oh, my and gosh. I didn't leave for 32 more years. Well, because that's your dream job, honey, right? That was the best. That was the best. So you're asking about pushback. So I remember there was a huge headline in the star by a guy named Dennis Braithwaite. He had a big sign saying, what's so educational about King Kong? <laughs> I remember that. And of course, the other thing is that you have to understand, movies at that time were about, only about 79 years old. There were no, there were only about, maybe if you had a really good TV, you could get maybe 10 channels. There was no cable, there was no 500 universe, there was no nothing. And movies were relegated to the late, late show. It no, was this was just, the only place you could watch uninterrupted pictures. Correct. It was the only place uninterrupted. We used to say films uncut, uninterrupted. Right. I remember that. Now tell me this, Reese, who, who would have been responsible for deciding which movies got played on Saturday night at the movies? 
Well, for the first 12 years of Saturday Night at the Movies, it would have been Elwi having the final decision, but in collaboration with me. For the next 13 years, it was me. Now, why did that trans- transition happen? Elwi took, left his staff position and went freelance. And so I worked for him for 12 years and then he worked for me for 13 years. But nobody ever, everybody worked for Elwi. The whole organization worked for Elwi. <laughs> no, he was everybody, a man. He no was, question. He was a man. You, if you upset, I mean, he had, he had a direct line to every CEO, to every everybody. If you upset Elwi, oh my gosh. Oh, well, I want to hear more about this, Reese, because of course, the, <laughs> the, 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 I mean, everybody I've ever talked to about Elwio says the guy you see on camera is the guy, is the same guy off camera. He, he's, he's the same. Is that true? Well, I always said we turn him down for television because his enthusiasm was exactly that. He was, he once said to me, if you're going to be in a bad mood, don't come to work. The reason we work so well together is because he had, as most of the audience did, had a subjective relationship with these movies. They saw them when they were younger, etc. For me, I had a more distance because I didn't grow up with King Kong. I wasn't eight years old when I saw King Kong. I was in my 20s, maybe, or my teens or whatever. You didn't grow up falling in love with Fay Ray as he did. uh, No. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you a funny story about Fay Ray. But anyway, um, no, I fell in love with, you know, people like Troy Donahue and, and, you know, all of those guys. So um, because... It's no big secret. Most of us do most of our movie watching. Well, at least when you physically had to go to a movie in your teenage years. Were you responsible for replacing him? I was. And my suggestion was that we should not replace him, that we should run repeats for a year. And then develop a completely different show, still using movies, but doing something very, very different than, and it should be perhaps with a woman, uh, something extremely different. And I was overruled by the geniuses that I worked for. (laughs) Wait, you're saying geniuses with the tongue firmly implanted in cheek. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because why? You're going to tell us that, I mean, Elwi, we always said he was irreplaceable and it turned out that that was really quite true. Nobody, nobody Correct. was really able to, you know, to, well, to, to make that show what it was after he left. I always feel, and I still feel it, and I will say it publicly, that I apologize to Sheila Rogers because we did her him. no, yes, we did her no favors and we, tried to make her into Elwi and she wasn't Elwi. It got to a point where we were kind of calling her shall we. <laughs> and she's a great talent and a wonderful person, but it's and hard to replace a legend. Absolutely. And, you know, people called me up and screamed at me. She's a woman. How can you replace her with a woman? And, you know, 
oh, so horrible things, you know. Why is Elwi? Well, Elwi was well into his 70s. He wanted to have a life. And he lived in Vancouver at this point, right? He had to fly in to do the shows. The, our CEO, when he retired, was the wonderful Peter Herendorf, who said to me and understood the value and how to keep the star of the network happy, which you now know all about. Oh, I should be so uh, lucky. Uh, yeah, right. <laughs> but, but he said to me, we have to do whatever he wants because you recall that in those days there was the threat of privatization. Elwi was ready to retire after the 20th season and Herendorf and everybody begged him, you can't go, because it would look like, oh my God, the place is going down. We may as well sell it off altogether. So we begged him. So we used to fly him in. We put him in a hotel. We did, when, when he got a little bit older and he wasn't um, comfortable flying, we brought his wife with him. We did everything to keep Elwi there. And of course, on the last show that we did with him, I arranged to have him introduce his son's movie Speed, which I don't know how he got through it because we were all in tears. And Ellie was one of the world's great criers, as you might know. Oh, for and, sure. And in the rehearsal, he couldn't get through it. But being a professional, he got through it. But I thought... That was the best way to honor him. So we got a couple of minutes left here, and and let's let's hit this controversy right on That's the head. That's it. Well, That's it? I'm afraid so. We got a couple of minutes left, and I want to hit this controversy right on the head, which is to say, uh, Saturday night at the movies obviously doesn't exist anymore because at a certain point, you know, it got canceled. Like uh, like virtually every TV right. show in history, except for Meet the Press, uh, it gets canceled. And you. And you. Well, I haven't been on that long yet. I, we're only in year right. 15, you know. Okay. Saturday Night at the okay. Movies made it for 39 years. Anyways, okay. um, you know. Jack Benny. Budgets were declining. <laughs> That's right, Jack Benny. Budgets were declining. Uh, the network, in its wisdom, thought it had to be, you know, it had to sort of specialize in, in fewer things, kids, documentaries, current affairs. Uh, and so Saturday Night at the Movies, for budgetary reasons, was canceled. What did you think of the decision? Well, first of all, I think that, that, yes, times had changed. Times had changed. However. Meaning that lots was, of channels were now playing uncut movies. There were and, tons, yeah. tons of channels, etc. But Saturday Night at the Movies for those 39 years, even long after Elwi left, people still refer to it as, what's Elwi? What's on Elwi tonight? Very true. Um, we were always number two to uh, Hockey Night in Canada. Um, I remember we got letters from women who said, I had to buy another television. I just couldn't watch. The, I had to watch Elwi. Um, we were the most multi-generational show. In other words, we had grandparents sitting and showing kids, their grandchildren, what they saw. We had filmmakers watching. We had 
we, you know, we interviewed James Cameron and the first thing out of his mouth was, I used to watch you on Magic Shadows when I was living in Niagara Falls. Um, we influenced, we had people, we know that, you know, with all the American production that was taking place in Canada uh, during that time, that they had nothing to do. They watched on Saturdays. Elwee was one time going to a movie with Graham in Los Angeles and they turned around and it was Quentin Tarantino and he turned around and said, I've been watching you on TV. So yes, did I think that it was the wrong decision? Yes, because we never put on a movie without a context, without trying to show how it fit in to the cultural fabric of everybody's life. That was okay. a great trip down memory lane. Thanks a lot for that. Thank you for the trip. You be well. Until be next well. time. I felt like we were on uh, Sherman and Peabody, you know, set the way back machine. Yeah, that's right. I remember that. I remember that. Good. Okay. Zygazund. Bye. And you. And that's it for us. This episode of TVO at 50 was produced by Katie O'Connor and Matthew O'Mara. Editing by Donnie Swanson. Research help from Kate Petch and Carol Elder. Our production support coordinators are Jonathan Hallowell and Nikki Ashworth. We want you to share your TVO memories. What does TVO mean to you? Well, record yourself and email the audio to us using the address TVO at 50 at TVO.org. That's TVO at and the numbers five zero at tvo.org and we'll play these on future episodes next time on the podcast as a point of honor to me we ran the cameras for the exact length of time of the show so live to tape no editing all we ever edited was our you know go for cut from richard to the guests richard to the guests richard to the guests two shot things like that and it put the pressure on me and you know the pressure of live to get it right and to shape it and to drive it. And when I would get the five minute signal and the three minute signal, I knew I had to deliver the rest of the goods. Mm -hmm. I'm Steve Pakin. Bye bye. <laughs>